G'day, and welcome to the Hunter's Campfire Podcast. My name's Mark, and along with good mate Ian, we're here to help with all things hunting. If you're looking to start, but don't know where to begin, you want to make the most of your next trip away, or even plan to hunt of a lifetime, we've got something for you. You'll find our podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and plenty of others. And if you want more, head over to our YouTube channel, The Hunter's Campfire, where we have plenty of how-to and hunting videos, along with the full video production of every podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and good hunting. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Paige. Good evening, John, and good evening, Paige. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you guys? Very well. Good, thank you. That's good. Enjoying the slightly cooler weather, you know. We're, no. having, we're having a pretend. We're having our pretend autumn. It's awful. Oh no! Actually, I enjoy not sweating all the time. There's like a period of my life when I'm a little bit cooler, but we're getting there. I don't want to get too much. I was talking to a guy in Melbourne today, and it was ten point five in the office, and I thought, Jesus Christ, that's a bit rough. Well, I was down in Melbourne for the uh, the Brett at the other day, what, two weeks ago now, and it was, yeah, I must say it was a bit cooler, definitely a lot cooler than Brisbane. I, could, yeah. I don't think I could live in that, that's for sure. So before we jump into the podcast tonight with our very special guest, um, Jono, anything you want to share, wrap-ups, things that happened this the last week or two weeks? Uh, nothing really has happened, but what's happening is I'm hoping tomorrow to go to On Target to pick up my new Benelli that's sitting there waiting for me. Um, mm. so my nice new rifle in 306, the caliber that I said I would never own, but I am really looking forward to picking that rifle up. I know Ian's seen it. I think you've seen it as well, Mark. It's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful piece of um, a piece of work. That so I'm really looking forward to it. Plus, I've got the uh, the Burris sitting there ready to go. So um, that's going to go on top of that 306, and then hopefully get that zeroed, um, and then next month start chasing some hinds for the hind curl that we need to do. So. Um, obviously, the raw is pretty much done. I think. Did you? You went up to your red deer block last week, didn't you? I went up Friday. I'm going up this Friday, and then I'm going up the following Friday, and then I'm because of family stuff. I'm going to probably have to have to take a break for six weeks or so. So I'm trying to get everything I can in now. Okay. Well, they're still the going is good. Still <laughs> any raws up that way? Or? Nope. It's quiet as a mouse. Yeah. I think it's done. Uh, got poachers. Got oh, poachers. They're back, are they? Still there? Yeah. Well. I was, so I got there and I saw pigs, which is pretty rare, but they're there. I mean, I got that tunnel on there once and I've got all that, I've got all that trial cam footage of three little pigs, but I saw pigs in a distance. I went, well, that's pigs. Yeah, it is. It is. And then I heard that, I went, oh, that's pigs. I could hear them. And I watched them go down in a creek and then go up a hill on a neighbor's block. And I went, oh. That's it. See you, see you pigs. Um, and this is all like before, you know, just on dawn. So my day's ruined already. And so I went over and I found a gut bag, a deer gut bag. So they'd been chewing on that and that was still pretty fresh. So someone had probably poached in the last 12 hours on that block and shot a deer and just dragged it. Because I was pretty close to the road because I was starting. So they shot it. The only good thing about it was they did it under a tree and there was a, a fairly big branch had snapped off so I was hoping it clonk one of them <laughs> and he was laying in Kilcoy Hospital with a broken head you know something like that you know something like that but no it was a, yeah unfortunately so that's 
I've had well, I have I've had two run ins now, or more than two run ins. I've had three run ins now, unfortunately, over the few years I've been going up there. But that's that's the Brisbane Valley, unfortunately. Absolutely, especially that close to Kilcoy as well. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's just convenient, and you know, like it's not a big property, but you know, it's easy to sneak in and sneak in on a gate at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, so that's the trouble. So that, that was it, unfortunately. So that kind of, I thought, oh well, I probably won't see anything, and I didn't. Um, so I'm going up again, as I said, this Friday, and then I'm going to try and get up there the following Friday and hopefully drop a deer before I've got to close. I've got to close the gate on my deer hunting for a little while. Mm. And that Bellini is uh, a fantastic. That Lupo is a fantastic rifle. I saw that when it came in. I went, oh. Wish I was getting that. Definitely. But my 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 fancy BRX in what's been termed Mindcraft camo has arrived too. I got the PDA, so I'm I'm picking that up probably tomorrow or Friday from Montague. Okay. Well, if you're heading up yeah. tomorrow, let me know because I'm going to try go in the afternoon. Maybe I'll meet you there. We can do that. I reckon yeah. we do that. We do that. Sounds good. Okay. So, Paige, anything happening with you you'd like to share? No, just busy working. We've got a big, big rest of the week mustering and uh, probably working well into the weekend to get the cattle out down the back country and doing a fair bit of trucking and grading. Okay. So, look, let's, let's, uh, we probably should start then, eh? So, uh, for those listening, we have with us Paige Donald, who um, had some notoriety a little while ago with the wonderful. Survivor show. So with, I think you. I think you're the most famous person we've had on the podcast so far. So Definitely. you need to take that, and you Definitely. need to take that and run as hard as you can and get as much mileage out of that. Okay. My advice is just wave that flag because this is it. So, um, and I've since that time, since all that shenanigans happened with people making ridiculous comments about um, you know you being on that TV show, I've started. We've been you know following you on facebook and talking and really seeing some of the stuff that you do around uh, contract mustering though i haven't actually seen you do must mustering i must admit i've seen you driving vehicles i've seen you doing this but i haven't seen much mustering so you don't see much of me mustering because i'm actually working so i can't film everything <laughs> Yeah, look, well, I've, as I said, um, I've been quite interested in in what you you know, we talked about cus, uh, contract mustering, or what do you call it? Broken-ass ringing or something? Busted. Like so, <laughs> busted, 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 not broken, busted. Busted, okay. So, what's the life of a, a, a busted-ass <laughs> ringer all about? For, for those of us who don't know, and I'm, look, I'm, 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 I admit I'm probably the first one to admit that I don't know that. <laughs> So what's it all about? Yeah, sure. Um, basically, I work and live on a cattle station. Um, so I'm up early hours of the morning uh, and la- like knocking off late at night, most most nights. And um, so essentially, you're making sure the cattle have water, their fences are fine. We're also mustering cattle, whether it's to brand calves or get the steers in to go, you know, to, on the truck to go and get killed or you're selling cattle. So essentially, yeah, you're just feeding Australia. Okay. So when it says contract, does that mean you, are you contracting to one property or do you kind of move from property to property as a contractor? Yeah. So I just work for myself, essentially. 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just go from place to place to place. Um, but where I'm at now, I'm kind of permanent um, until I'm ready to do something new. Okay. So that movement, is that like, are you following seasons or are you, you know, are you, is there, a, what what drives the, other than the fact that, you know, they, they might not like you and they kick you off, something like that. <laughs> what it, it, That aside, what drives that kind of the, see, I mean, I understand contracting, for instance, like the building game, because I worked in the building game. So what so what's the what's the driver for a, a contract muster to move from one property to another yeah so uh cattle work is seasonal so you've got your wet season mm-hmm. where you can't really do much because it's too wet but um a lot of places i go to are really small so they've only got a couple weeks worth of work or you know two months worth oh, of work, okay. and then you go yeah. on to the next place to give a hand so basically you're filling in just like someone that that should be there but they just don't have full-time work for somebody Mm. so it must be pretty concentrated then because i'm assuming you know those seasons the drivers at one station as in this the the need for you at one station is probably the need at the other station as well so it's kind of like all in then all out i'm assuming yeah yeah so well like you're not um stop working even though it's a wet season like there's still lots of fencing Mm. greater driving whether you got to get the dozer out or um, you know, any maintenance work really on the station, you can do that in the wet season. But, like, cattle don't stop living and stop breathing and stop eating just because it's a long weekend, it's, a, you know, Christmas Day or, um, you know, it's a wet season. So you've still got to essentially look after the stock. Okay. So when I saw you on the grader, we, was that, because I, I, I must have, as I said before, I went, Really? You're grading that? So what were you, was that an access track you were cutting through or was that a, a standard track that had just, just repaired or was it was it for a particular reason like you wanted to get into somewhere like that or was it just, just maintenance? Yeah, so I was on the grader the other day and um, so we've got to go out to the back country where there's um, clean skins yeah. and some like big oh, okay. and mm. um, the truck is all washed out so the truck couldn't really get in there to be able to truck the clean skins out. So I jumped on the grader to like clear a track like not clear track, but re-go over our track to make it so that the truck can drive over it. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. So yeah. So basically, it was you were making access for a particular reason rather than maintaining something that was a, a more more usual yeah. used track because it looked like it was in a, it looked like you hadn't run over it for a while. So I thought, well, I... <laughs> that's pretty. <laughs> I don't I don't reckon this one gets run over too often, so there must have been a particular reason. Yeah. And um obviously how does one get into contract mustering? Did you grow up on a cattle station or is it just something you chose to do? Yeah, um wasn't growing up on a station, I was growing up on a farm with just like horses and stuff, but nothing cattle wise and when I was 18, I was a little bit lost on what I wanted to do. And then I met a boy and the boy was <laughs> said contract muster. And, yeah, he got me, like, into it and, like, get yeah, put me in the right direction, which I'm very grateful for. So, um, yeah, so I just went on a cattle station doing um, a season. So from March to, like, November, kind of, like, end of November, early December. And then I just travelled around like Queensland, Northern Territory, and then back to Queensland again, just doing a full season. Then I decided that working for myself was better than working for someone else. Sure, definitely. So what's the 
So again, you're working for yourself. So what's the tools of the trade? What's what's your what's your kit? Yeah. So I have my own four-wheel drive, my own float, my own horses, my own saddle tack. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and a lot of people that do contract master have work dogs, but I just haven't really got into the work dog scene because I have my my pig dogs, um, which I see as work dogs in my eyes. But um, a lot of contract masters have work dogs as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that must be something that takes a while to, to build up. Yeah. It's quite an outlay. Yeah, because it must be, yeah. I mean, I mean, that doesn't sound particularly cheap. So it must be something that takes some time to, to put together. Yeah. So it took me quite a few years before I really mm. learnt um, what I needed. There is places you can go and have no gear and they will supply stuff for you. But um, yeah. I always like having my own horses. Um, I know what they are. I know what they can do. I can get on and go, um, and then my own saddle, you know, because you don't want to be using other people's stuff and then breaking it. And um, but yeah, it's just financially, you're just building yourself up, buying things that you need. Yep. Yeah. Mm. It's so, like any any contractor, you know, if you're a builder, you yeah, get well, tools. So, yeah. and that's exactly you know the way I suppose I'm I'm thinking about it is is you know when I was once when I worked in. On the tools, that's it. You you built your own. Well, well, I was an apprentice, so you kind of had tool allowance, which was always cool because they actually bought them for you. But the idea is, over time, you build up the kit. But I'm assuming, you know, your kit's far more substantial than than you know what would fit in a van, <laughs> for instance. I mean, you got the horses, and you know, there's a kind of rolling circus of all these things that are dependent on you feeding them. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So I also carry my own tools sometimes, like um. Yeah. You know, you can have your own welder and generator and stuff like that. Okay. So the jump from that kind of, you know, season to going to a contract, that must have been a pretty big, you know, decision on your part to go and go, well, I've done this for a season and I've worked for some people. Now I'm going to crack out on my own. Yeah. I mean, what, what, I mean what's, what was the motivation for, for you to say, okay, this is fun, but I think I can I can make something of this because I mean that's what yep. it is, isn't it? You you, mm. you must have been having fun. You thought, well, you know, I can turn this fun into something more more permanent, or at least have some permanency and have a crack. At yeah, it. so more money, definitely. Um, you make more money contracting <laughs> because yeah, well, yeah. like yeah, when you're a contractor, you're supposed to be know what you're doing. You know, you're supposed to be yeah. you have yeah. that experience. That's why they hire contractors because they have the experience. So you can charge more money um, and I just, it was kind of easy because I had a home base in like Charleville, southwest Queensland and so like, yeah, yeah, okay. go away yeah. two weeks at a time then come home and then, um, yeah, so I could kind of like move around, um, mainly around Tambo. I did a lot of work at Tambo, which I love at Tambo. It's a great little town um, and, yeah, so mm. just more money and more flexibility and freedom for myself. That's the main reason as to why I went into it. Yeah, cause we, we were out that way. We we do two or three road trips a year as a family, and we either go west or we go south. So we we yeah, as you said, all through that country, it's, it's a fantastic place. Out right at the Thargaminas yep. and up into Quilpie. Yep. We actually been at Quilpie three or four times now. Just stayed at Quilpie and met various people there. So um. That's it's a lovely country, especially with now that's got some water out there. It was pretty dry when we first started going out. Yeah, Corby Corby's uh, a nice little town as well. I I enjoy Corby as well. Hmm. 
Mm. That's right. You can get a house for five thousand. You can get a block of land for eleven thousand bucks or something at the moment. <laughs> no, Helen, that wouldn't go with for the idea of that. Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I can't don't blame it. I wouldn't leave that for people. <laughs> I tried it. I tried it. I tried it. <laughs> I, must, uh, I, I haven't been out that way, so I need to do it. No, it's a lovely bit. Of, it's a wonderful part of the world. Um, I was just trying to think. Um, we had we were out um, Ulo actually. Oh, we were staying at the Ulo yeah. pub, and we um, we you know when we came back from the road trip, I said to the boys, you know, what what'd you like most? And you know, the oldest said something, you know, kind of semi sensible and. Younger said, I really liked Ulo. And I went, really? Because we stayed at the Ulo pub and we just stayed in one of the dongs. And I said, and it was just a, an old dong, you know, it wasn't anything that you would write home about. And I said, why would you like Ulo so much? And he goes, because I got to sleep in the top bunk. And I went, oh, okay, sure, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Drove 3,000, 3,500 so we could sleep in the top bunk. <laughs> <laughs> could put one in the garage when we'd been right. But, so, so, there's obviously um, a big part of us, you know, of, of your life is, as you said, you don't have working dogs, or you do, but they're pig working, pig hunting dogs. So, how'd you move, find yourself into bailing up? Pigs? Yeah, yeah. So, a bit of a long story, but I've been hunting like my whole life. My grandfather taught me yep. right from a little girl. Um, you know, me and my my best mate actually would go out on the like eleven, twelve year old, our twenty twos, and just go out and shoot ducks and rabbits, and he'd just leave us go, and we'd just run amok, and you know, just do kid stuff, and it was really good. And then, um, so originally from Gundawindi or Inglewood area, Gundawindi, mm. no really, no oh, one knows oh, yeah. Inglewood, so hard mm. to say Gundy, um, and like Gundy, yeah. no, no, we, we know, we know Inglewood, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. As as public land hunters in New South Wales, there's just over the border there, well, just below Bondville. Yes. There's a probably the closest state forest that Queenslanders can hunt in New South Wales is just there. Yeah. So you'd be surprised how many people know where Inglewood is because they're going through there yeah. to get to, yeah. to Bondshaw to go hunting. So, yeah, yeah, so I'm not far from Bondshaw, our property. It's not far from at all. We actually like so. back onto the state forest. Um. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're on you're on the southern side of the road, not 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 the the northern, not the Demerick side. Yeah. So um, we're still in the Queensland side, but um. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. So, but yeah. I think it's Queensland state forest we back onto. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. So originally from like Inglewood, Gundawindi, and Gundy's like a big pig chasing town, being. Mm-hmm. And so I had a girlfriend at school who like was really into it. Her family were into it, and small world. They actually used to go out to Charleville, which I ended up moving to Charleville, which is pretty small. And um, so I just went with a couple blokes, and yeah, kind of got hooked after I stabbed my first pig. And then um, once I turned eighteen, I kind of went jillerooing. So they kind of put that to the side because I was just focused on work and just doing all that. And then. Yeah, I was met up with some locals when I was working in Mitchell and they took me out pigging. Um, and then I got myself a dog after I finished being a ringer for a little while and I just went out on our home property on foot chasing pigs with this dog that had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and he, he just bailed them up and I didn't know what I was doing and it was quite terrible. It's not really safe, but I did that. And then I got with my ex-partner, Mark, and... 
he was full-time roof shooter, pig chaser. And so we just built a team of dogs around that and just spent a lot of years shooting roos, a lot of pigs, like this mad pig chasing and working in between pig chasing and going out at nights. And then we split after four years and um, I obviously wanted the dogs. <laughs> and so there was a bit of a <laughs> issue with like who got what dogs and um and basically said that I wouldn't be able to go hunting anyway and proved him wrong. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I decided good. that, mm. you know what, um, it was you that was making me scared because you used to tell me it was dangerous and scary and so, you know, you kind of believe that. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And then I got my own little team of dogs and just started going and then I just built my confidence up each pig and then it was just unstoppable. I just kept going and hunting nights and days and doing kilometres on my own, just, yeah, chasing pigs. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, we, we kind of, when you're talking about the, the, your family property down in Inwoods of the State Forest, both John and I are going, oh, yeah, I think we know where that is. Yeah, I know exactly where. <laughs> we know that area pretty well, you know, oh. so we go through there a lot. But, but um, yeah, look, it, it's interesting you see this, you know, the idea of, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you, you, you mentioned it, the fact that often, you know, you peep inadvertently or otherwise, I don't know, you know, people say, oh, it's scary or, or and, and look, it is, it is, it's not, it's not, not scary, but that idea of that, you know, they actually instill that fear into you for some other, for some unknown reason, I don't know why, but, you know, I, I encounter there a lot, especially around hunting. So people will have this perception of, you know, like, uh, you know, how, how, how scary or how dangerous it is, but it's like any kind of skill you develop over yeah. time. Mm. You, 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 yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. You are dealing with with an animal that has no interest in you other than either going over the top of you or going yeah. around you. But other than that, you know, the, you, you, you're in a, a situation where you've got a level of, of control coming to do a lot to do with the skill level you got. So it's, I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, you um, got the good dogs and you, you, you told him that, nah, I'm going to keep yeah. going. Because some of the stuff, you know, I know that that's kind of led into more things. And there was, I saw a recent post, you were, you were going to be at a particular uh, yeah. event or something like that. Like, a, So what's that Yeah, event? so Dingo's Hogs and Dogs is a pigging comp. So, yeah, mm. it's meant to be hogs and dogs. So you use your dogs to catch the hogs with your pigs. And I don't know, everyone these days have thermals. So... Um, to yeah. me, yeah. thermal is cheating. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of the competition is hogs and dogs. So you're using your dogs to catch pigs and there should be no thermals involved because your dog should be able to do that job. That's, that's their job. That's what they're made to do. That's what they want to do. So I rely on my dogs. And so, yeah, um, Hogs, Hogs and Dogs reached out to me and they said, hey, do you, let's be a special, like, do you want to be a special guest? You can do a meet and greet. And I was very, very flattered because I don't see myself as, like, a huge, like, celeb, like, called me a celebrity guest, which I don't see myself as a celebrity guest, but, um, which is really exciting. It's so good because Dingo is not that far away from where I am and um, it's, it's a good opportunity for me, I reckon. Yeah, Dingo is between... Emerald and turned outside Emerald, isn't it? Or is that Alpha? Yeah, so like Blackwater, Emerald. That's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so I, 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 I didn't quite catch it. it was at Dingo. I thought it, I thought it was, was chasing Dingo. Dingo. Chasing yeah, that's Dingo. What I thought the name was Dingo. Oh, yeah. yeah. As in <laughs> Dingo, an animal, not Dingo, the location. Yeah. So how's thermals cheating with... So how, well, one one thing, how do you use a thermal with pigs? Uh, well, yeah, the shooters or pig chasers these days have the thermal on their spotlight on their roof, go yeah. down the table uh, and it sits yeah. like a big screen sits on your, on your dash. And you drive around. That's it. The, the iPad or something like that. And then that, you yeah. saw the dogs yeah. and you're like, hey, hey, hey. No, no. Your dogs are supposed to do that work. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the thermal will pick the pigs up before the dogs pick the pigs well, up. Well, I bloody hope not. My dogs, my dogs will pick. No, that's what I thought. I actually look. Yeah, I think the dogs I, I say this in all honesty because I use thermals a little bit. And, you know, I would have, I would have thought a, a dog. Well, I think they're probably keep, they're keeping their dogs on the truck, aren't they? And then yeah. spotting them with a thermal and then, then bailing them. Yeah, so basically well, the what truck. they're doing is they, they might be shop. They might be shopping. They might be going, not that one, not that one. Oh, this one, yeah. Let me, yeah, so okay, yeah they basically a drop dog. But to me, um, working pig dogs, that they're working off the back. They're smelling. I do have a thermal, but I use it when my dogs jump and I can hear something going on and I'm not too sure what's going on. I'll have a peek through my thermal mm. to see um you know like is it a big pig or whatever but i don't like drive around because i've only got like a look through thermal i don't have yeah just like a little viewfinder thermal so it's not like i can drive around and like look through it and drive at the same time that's impossible no well we 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 carry handles um and uh ian's got now or is it johnny he's going to get the is one that you know a rifle mount that's the Burris, yep. I'm getting that yeah, tomorrow I, from the end. Yeah, the Burris rifle. I carry a, a Burris yeah. handheld. And so, and like, I, because I go up before dawn and it's a cattle yeah. property, so I just kind of scan. And, and in fact, I've seen wild dogs on it, which has, you know, made the, the property yeah. unhappy. Um, but yeah, so I use them. But I, I was, yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out how you use them. Yeah. In that sense, because I would have thought the dogs, but I, I, I dare say what they're doing is they're shopping. Yeah, so. Yeah, stay dog. Now, now this, yeah, this one here. I'm not, yeah, I'm not totally against the use of thermals. Like, definitely if you're deer shooting, if you're chasing dingoes, wild dogs, etc., mm. 100% use thermal because, you know, those can be really tricky shots. But for someone who is strictly just dog use only, I think that, you know, have a bit, a bit of confidence in your dogs and let the dogs do the job and that's what they're there for. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it's got to do with competition. As soon as you introduce competition, people want right. to win. Absolutely. That's yeah. it. So are thermals allowed in the competition? Or I that, don't know. That? I really hope not because, you know, <laughs> it's the name of the game is hogs and dogs. But yeah, I'd I'm say sure. everyone's going to use their thermal, so I'm just going to have to go hard or go home. That's it. And I, what you just—it's it, assuming it's 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 size and it's weight and yeah, length. Yes, so they have That's they have uh, heaps of like different prizes and categories. There's like biggest pig, yeah. biggest barra, which is um pig with no yeah. nuts. Chop, chop. Um and biggest sow. Then they have like mystery weights, so they can have like all different. It could be like fifty kilo, sixty kilo, seventy kilo, like all different type of weights. So that like. Yeah, oh, okay. so they've categorized the different there's heaps of different like prizes you can win and it's really it's a really cool event. Yeah. 
But I've seen yeah, some. Of, I've seen good. some. Seen some of the boars you've put up, and they are some monsters. So hopefully, yeah. we'll come across a couple of them. I know. Uh, when I got that really big fella the other week, I was like, "Fuck! I should have let him go." Like, oh. <laughs> you know what, stick, stick, stick him on ice and pull him out on the Tuesday. Hey, look at that's oh what I got here. <laughs> Leave him. Well, it's a bit yeah, smelly, but yeah. Well, I look at that. He's a monster. Well, if he's big, I'm sure he's got some brothers and sisters running around that big. Yeah, yeah it must be. So um, I've just left that paddock alone. <laughs> I'm not going to hunt that paddock until the pink cock. So have you hunted into the territory with, with no the so i kind of avoid the territory i'm petrified of crocs um i know like obviously you can go you know more like central and south but i am petrified of crocs because i don't know a thing about crocodiles um obviously don't have any crocodiles where i live and um safety of my dogs is like really big because i love my dogs like mm. everyone loves their pet dogs um so I, last thing i want them to jump in the in the water because that's where pigs are going to Oh, and get taken by yeah. crocs so it doesn't really interest me like i suppose if someone uh, like wanted to do a trip up there as like a combined hunt maybe like i just have to be with someone who knows what they're doing though yeah well we were up there in september september last year last yeah. year and um district so i was up in northern queensland some years ago but this last trip we were in september and I only saw freshies. You saw a, a we saw salt. Brian and I saw a salting. Yeah, we came up on a, a, a yeah. piece of water, and there was this this huge head just sticking out with these two eyes and mm-hmm. looking at us. And you've really got to have your wits yeah. about you. Yeah, you really do. Because we were chasing buff. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and pigs. Uh, yeah, and pigs. I didn't get a pig. But I didn't get a pig. I think I got a buff. So, but we and I shot one. I shot two buff. Well, no, so two, one of them's in the water, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not, that's where it stays. I'm not getting in there to get that thing out. I didn't want to get in the water with that. Did you even get a photo? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Got a uh, story. Well, actually, it'll, the story's, I think, the next Australian hunter is, it's in that, our story's in that. So, yeah, got a, I got a, um, so Johnny, so we'd been there for um so we had five full days of hunting we were hunting on foot so we were doing about on average about 20 k's a day um so we you know it's hard yakka and on we hadn't so i think it was day two we saw our first herd of buff and they were just and we went you know it was like 40 or 50 of them and we went Jesus, how do you approach this? You know, and there was a big, there's a couple of big herd bulls. Big, know, big bull. Yeah. Typical big long. And uh, you know, he's doing that thing. His nose up in the air and he's sniffing us. And I was lining up on a shot. And I thought, and then he moved. And I thought, hey, I don't want to be chasing him through the scrub. So um, that was our first encounter. And then we didn't see anything for a number of days. Uh, I saw a couple yeah. of pigs, but and and uh, Ian shot bloody hogzilla this mm. massive sow oh god it was yeah. big. not as big as your ball i'll give you that but for a sow she huge was sow it's this huge thing um and then we so we moved we went to a lagoon country where there was crocs and um uh, one afternoon we were high up on this um escarpment looking over this lagoon which was actually a, you know a kilometers long wetlands and we could I had the, the camera with me and I could zoom right in. But I was sitting on top with the binoculars and I went, 
oh, man, you should see the size of this buffalo. And then we realized, that's a pig. It was short from a kilometre away. It was just huge. Huge. Yeah. We can see it. And then we went, oh, there's another one. There's another one. But I next saw property on this wetlands. And, you know, it was just... So I watched them. But then Jono struck first and you got two, didn't you? I got, well, when we were at the other... Just before we saw those buffalo, I got a donkey. We came mm, a feral, yeah, don- that's feral, right. feral donkey. But then we moved, and then I think it was the fourth afternoon. I got two buff. Brian, I think, got two as well. Oh, Brian flattened everything, mate. <laughs> yeah, he was on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, so two buff. I got two buff that afternoon, and then the next, yeah. the next afternoon, you and um, Ian got. Yeah, we split up, but we both got. So, um, yeah. John Owen shot a That's donkey. Cool. So for for the for the yeah. rest of the week, no, for the for rest of the week, it was he shot little Pedro, you know, the burro. Because <laughs> you know when Pepe, yeah, so Pepe. Because when people think of a donkey, you know, they think of like you know the kid zoo donkey. These things, you know, three quarter yeah. horse type thing. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, big animal. Yeah, very big. Yeah. So when we um, so yeah, Ian went one way, and I went the other way. We both struck gold and got got a. I I got two. I got a small. And a smaller bull, but I also got. I was. I really wanted one of those ones that the horns really yep. curled up, like like an Indo Indo style, you know, a bull, like a you know, like a more Asian style. And I got one. I'm just downstairs on the garage floor, just putting it. Actually, just putting it on a camphor laurel board now, so it's ready to go up on the wall. Um, but that, yeah, that was pretty special. Um, I shot the first one. And I didn't even see the second one, and it was a headshot on the first one, and it was like all over, and then this one burst out of the water, and it just went up, and I just started hammering it, and I, I, because I had a three-shot rifle, so I was down to two shots, so I put two in it, and then I was single-loading it, just walking up on it, single-loading it, and then it is down on the ground, yeah. and it's finished. And I was only like about 20 yards away from it. And I, I kind of went, I probably should have thought a bit more about yeah. that when I did in, in real yeah. hindsight, you know. But the, the adrenaline took over and I just kept right. going. But yeah, it was pretty exciting times. But yeah, certainly, you know, we saw lots of freshwater crocs, but mm. John actually saw the salty. And, you, you you know, yes, you would have the real consideration about how to, you know, run them with dogs. Absolutely. The reason I asked was I was just wondering that, the conversation we I had of many people was the different kinds of pigs you see in say central Queensland compared to what you see in the Northern Territory and the and the idea was they're always more tusky up north but bigger bodied down. Yeah, south. so even like within Queensland the difference like you go down that Mulga country, uh, the boars don't get as big like a big boar in the Mulga country would be like eighty kilos. And then you'd have like yep. a forty kilo little boar with like tusks like this, right, in the Mulga country mm. because like there's a lot of dogs, a lot of wild dogs. So I found the more wild dogs, the tuskier the pigs are, like naturally. Yeah, yeah. Really? and okay, you go to like go. places like, like Emerald, there's still wild dogs there, but like not as much. And the the pigs don't have really big tusks; they only have little tusks. Um, so, like, right. the couple of fellas that I've been getting here lately have got tusks because there's lots of wild dogs on the place that I hunt. But I just that's what I found. The more wild dogs, the bigger the tusks. Um, and even on the smaller pigs, like the little pigs, especially in the Mulga country, they have mm. some really rank teeth for, like, little pigs. Yeah, because I shot a, a pretty big pig up in the Brisbane Valley 
But he he was massive, but he had no, hardly yeah, anything. No you know? teeth. He was not that many dogs. Yeah, huge yeah. body. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there, there. Well, there, what there is, but again, yeah, he's he's not worried. That's an interesting yeah. observation. because yeah. that that was it. You know, there was the 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 kind of old, you know, theory was that further north, not so big a body, but bigger hooks. And you're actually saying you think it's in where it's got a lot to do with the predation that you know things prey. prey That's on what I them. reckon. Because okay. like uh, yeah. today, I saw three dogs today. Like and like that's mm. a lot to see three dogs. Um, Especially yeah. during the day. So that's mm. that's there's a lot of dogs in this country, especially in the mold country, and that's all. I just that's what I'm just taking notice of. Like the tusk, this this the tusk with different growths. Like for those little pigs, like forty kilo pigs, that have dog killer tusks. Uh, up here, they might not be as big because um, at 40 kilos, their tusks are only as little. But when they start growing a bit bigger here, because uh, um, the dogs are not really getting into them, I found they have smaller tusks naturally. That is very, very interesting. Mm. Are you, um, do you have to control the dogs? Were you? Is um, that one of your jobs? Or? Uh, yeah, if I see them, I'll shoot them. But um, I don't particularly just just chase dogs um but yeah i just if i see them i shoot them definitely for the cocky um where i work mm. um my boss isn't too phased with them um so um they're not really annoying the cattle if they start getting into the cattle that's when they you know her mind will change but they're mm. kind of just traveling through so my boss doesn't worry too much but yeah if i do see them i do shoot them I remember we uh, we went on a guided hunt up in um, back of Hewenden in the um, Basalt country. We said we're the guided service, and we found out later that he had. It was, it was, it was, we weren't the only ones who had a story. That's we, we used to, we, me and my mate referred to it as the greatest farm stay in history because we spent you know seven days on a on a cattle station in Basalt country, and we didn't see a single pig. <laughs> And we're twelve hour days, you know? and so as you said, it was the greatest farm stay ever. And um, we had this. It, it just it. It was all. It was just like a, it was. It was a fantastic story in you know in in that it, how bad it was. Like this guy was uh, a guy. It was a guy that hunt. You know, we paid him some coin. Pay hey, me like some coin. And, I'll I'll show you some. And, <laughs> and, and look, we we may very well be having part two. Okay, so just just. Just keep your keep your hands in pockets for the moment, but let's get to that. But like, so you know, he, we had a camp and he fed us every night, and he he was he was uh, he, he was he was hitting a grog pretty hard, so he he kind of cooked for us and then he'd go. Yeah, we were intense. He had a caravan, but it was like a static caravan, you know, set up on the site. So he he'd go in and we we'd hear him. He'd be in there getting drunk, and then he'd be arguing with himself, and we'd be sitting outside going and. I don't remember exactly. Actually, I do. He was saying that he had a, 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 some clients before and they used to, every morning they'd go, take me to the pigs. That, that's how they would start the day. And he said he found it really annoying. So like by the third day, we were doing it. Take me to the pigs. Take me to the pigs. And we and I tell you something, when we drove up there, it's, we went up through the wetlands of back yep. to room. Went for we saw pigs all through that wetlands. And we were driving up, we were going, oh, mate, we're going to have warm barrels by the end of this week. This is going to be, you know, bacon's going to be stacked a mile high. 
drive all the way up there, saw pigs everywhere, pigs on the side of the road, digs, pigs, live pigs all the way up there. Get to the property, no pigs, seven days, don't see a pig. Let, I kid you not, this is not a lie, I even think I got a photo. We were driving out, and just as we crossed the water bar to get out, and it was on a little creek, we looked down, there's pigs on the creek there at the front gate, you know, kind of the way of this goodbye. And uh, so, yeah, that was our, that was our, that was my experience of, uh, uh, you know, western, uh, northwest Queensland pig chasing was um, the best farm stay ever. It's always the way. Like, I, I saw yeah. 50 pigs this afternoon. Yeah, and, like, well. yeah, it was. That's it. But it's the same mob that I see all the time, like, at that's I see right. the same mob, and then it was a different mob that I hadn't seen before. But a big, a big fella ran out in front of me, a big black and white boar, and he must be the, the daddy to to the babies because they're all black and white. Mm. And, um, yeah, he's about 80 kilos. He's a good lump, like 80, 90 kilos, but just, like, big shoulders on him, big solid fella, and I reckon he put up a good mm. fight. But, yeah, I was out checking checking the boar, so can't really do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because I'm I'm a frustrated pig pig hunter. My I hunt deer and I, I hunt deer and I hunt everything else. But if I, it always comes back to it, I'd, if if the one thing's it would be pigs. That was it for me. I, I've got plenty of pigs. You should come up. Though, though I'm not I'm not particularly successful. I'm, I think that's why I'm so frustrated by it. And I tell you something, I like hunting the mice with shotguns. I like getting in real close. Well, not for me. Yeah, getting real close okay. on them. That's that's. That's uh, I shot the last one I shot was it with ten yeah about ten yards with the shotgun. That was that was pretty good. I yeah. enjoyed that a lot. So I suppose we might as well touch in uh, touch on your, you know, your um your television level of celebrity since you're being invited to cut rooms oh. and open events oh, and you know, celebrity status. <laughs> so I suppose like so many people in in around the hunting and, and game, we you know, we, we first heard about you on yep. that show um though look i i'm honest i have i've never watched the show I i'm not stressed know, but um no that's it so please that's it. and that you know you, you you cop some i suppose flack which is not, not an unusual thing if you if you do anything outside of the ordinary for most people about the fact that you um you you you're on a show called survivor and <laughs> You were actually hunting, and people thought mm-hmm. that was in an uh, ill-conceived idea. And I remember I made some smart-ass comment like, you know, you know, they're gonna the, the only person on the show that could survive is actually the one that's calling on the flag. So, I mean, how did you get to yeah. Survivor? So, years ago, I applied for Big Brother. Um, yeah, so I oh, love. Okay. I'm a Big Brother mm-hmm. fan, so Big Brother put me. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> I love Big Brother, um, always have been. I was like, you know, I'm just going to give it a crack. I applied, made it like right to the end of the auditions. I had to go to Brisbane, did like live auditions and then they did um, like some filming and stuff. Then I obviously never got it and then I don't know how they even got my number but this random British guy, Pommy, called me and he was like, hey, uh, we want you for Australian Survivor. And I was like, haha, funny joke, you know. <laughs> Um, he's like, no, I'm not a scam. Like, I'm, I'm real. Like, this is true. And I'm like, oh, yep, no worries, mate. Like, that's, yeah, all good. He's like, yep, yep, we got, we booked you in for a, um, a fit, like a video call with the producers on Friday. So you just be ready. And I was like, yeah, no worries. Like, whatever. It's just, 
It went straight over my head. Like I texted my family. I was like, got this weird <laughs> phone call. But um, anyway, I was at a camp draft that Friday afternoon <laughs> drafting and I was out in the yard riding my horse and, and then they called me and they're like, are you going to take our call? Or I was like, oh, shit. Right, so obviously this is real. Um, so I was like, give me a second, I'll race back, back to my camp. And I had like, you know, my float set up and my horses in the background. I had like, I was all dressed up for a draft camp draft and um yeah they just my horse would not stop neighing it just kept going off and off and I was like oh my god and they're just laughing the producers are just laughing the whole time and I was just very much myself and so they emailed me like I didn't do an audition tape or anything and they just emailed me and said no you're cut and I was like oh that's fine I didn't apply for the show anyway then three Mm. weeks to fly out they're like get your passport let's go we're going like you're going and I didn't know okay. where I was oh, going had no no idea until like the day I was flying to Samoa they're like because the airport's like where are you flying today and I'm like looking at my chaperone I was like where are we flying like <laughs> like where are we going again <laughs> um and yeah so that and then like wow. the airport lady's like looking at me all week <laughs> and she's like I was like Samoa so so she's so, so she's sending you signals are <laughs> yeah. you okay are yeah you okay <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to let border before snow? It was so dodgy. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so, yeah, three weeks to fly out. I was like, to my boss, I was like, hey, I'm going to quit. I'm doing a TV show. I'm really sorry. Um, And they were really, really good about it. He's like, yeah, just stay here for as long as you need and whatever you like. He's like, you can just finish up this week because we don't want you getting injured or anything because I'm very injury prone person and he's like no like you just finish this week off like we don't need to get hurt I was like righto and um yeah he was really good about it and off I went to Samoa to play Survivor so so Australian Survivor wasn't filmed in Australia no there you go I've I've learned something new I thought by the very fact it was Australian Survivor be filmed I was hoping there you go so it's filmed some yeah, well, yes, yeah, well, that's what you said. The passport, I mean, where, yeah. where are you going? Yeah, passport? so in a few years, so, it was filmed in Australia because of COVID, but then, um, so then they, COVID's all finished, kind of thing, and so they sent us over to Samoa. Sure. So, yeah. how long were you there for? Because, you know, when we were talking, you said, I can't talk because it's still, you know, it hadn't been released yeah. or something like that. So, how long were you actually surviving on in survival so i was roughly there for 31 days not not in the game itself (laughs) i wish (laughs) i got that far but so i made it uh, we got flew there we had to stay there a week and we did like pre-interviews pre-filming like us sitting in those trucks and stuff and um did a few of that but then i think like the crew got covid or something so we like we all stuck in this little room (laughs) Uh, for seven days and I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. I wasn't allowed to go out. I wasn't allowed. I was, I was given three meals a day. I could pick from the menu and then we did like photo shoots and stuff and I was, it was very boring sitting in that room and I wasn't allowed a TV, no iPad, no phone, but there was a radio clock in there. So um, I used it to put the um, radio station on, the local radio station. So I had some sanity. Um, <laughs> I read uh, Crocodile mm. Dundee's biography. Um, they gave me that book, so that was pretty interesting. Was <laughs> it Hell West and Crooked? Sorry? Is that Hell West and Crooked? No, it was book? just um, just about him 
and like how it became about kind of thing and the bump. Okay. Um, so it was interesting. Mm. And then um, I was in the game for 19. I got voted off on the 19th night, like right at the end. Yeah, yeah. so 19 okay. days in the game. Then um, I did stay for a couple more days to do some exit interviews and catch up interviews, and then flew me over to Fiji because I couldn't get a, a flight straight home. So I stayed in Fiji for a day and then um, flew home. Wow! Mm. And were you you couldn't talk about the, the the game or the show or anything like that once you got no, there? I couldn't mm-hmm. say anything. Well, I had three weeks' notice. So I obviously told my family, and I had to organise someone to look after my dogs because. In the game, if you're sent home in the first half, you go home, home. But if you are sent to jury, you stay there. Like, you're stuck there for the 45 days, which is a very long time. Um, So Mm. I had to organise everything for my animals, my horses, dogs, um, like, all my staff. And it was quite hectic. So I had to organise all that um, as well. (coughs) Um, But, yeah, so... 19 days in the game essentially but I couldn't say a word when I got out to anyone but everyone knew mm. I was gone for some reason and um yeah so like obviously my family knew and my close friends but no one that I could really tell publicly in case they like outed me yeah yeah, yeah. because right, it's still being aired on TV yeah. and stuff oh like so that. we yeah. we actually yeah. filmed in August September and it didn't come mm. out till end of January. So I had that yeah. whole period to, like, not say anything. <laughs> so really, if you think about that, you know, the bubbleheads that were complaining about you, they're actually <laughs> complaining about something that was so far yeah. in the past. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're <laughs> screaming and shouting about something. It's already been and gone. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. That's it, isn't it? It's like they, they, they think they've discovered the brand new thing. That actually thing is actually well gone. It's it's, oh, it's well in the past. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? And did 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 the producers know anything about no, your background? About your they must they have. Looked, yeah. They looked at my Instagram. Um, so yeah. obviously they had Rogue on there, who's an animal activist. <laughs> I would call her an activist, animal activist, and um, so obviously they wanted some drama and. Um, that's why they mm. put me and her on the mm. same tribe. And I shut that down very quickly as soon as we're on the beach on the first day and we're all announcing, like, who we are, what we do. And she's like, oh, <coughs> I save lions and I am against trophy hunting. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, oh my God, go. this is going to be a nightmare. Like, <laughs> um, So I just, like, when we finished all that, I, like, beelined it to her and I was like, hey, Look, I'm a hunter. I've been to Africa, done trophy hunting. I will not talk about hunting around you if you don't, like, bring up your animal activist shit around me. I said, that's what the TV wants. I said, let's not do that. I was like, let's just make an agreement. (laughs) And she actually stuck through it, which I'm surprised. Mm Hmm. Okay. Okay. I didn't know you'd been to Africa. I didn't know that was a... So you go. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the picture. There you but, go. Oh, so I'm South African. Yeah. So um, obviously, I saw the pictures. You got a nice cooter, yeah. a warthog. Did you get anything else? Yeah. So about I didn't shoot anything else. Like that's all I could kind of afford. Um, because a cooter cost me two and a half US back in two thousand and fourteen. So ten years ago, just about. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And the warthog was free, so it was so kindly of them. Okay. Where about uh, did you we go? We went to Thadazimbi. Oh, Tubba? Yeah. Oh, um, yep. And mm-hmm. we also shot, ze- like, I think we shot three zebras, wildebeest, um, Gemsbach, Eland, and um, what else did we shoot? Other warthogs and Impala. And, like, what are those, like, really mm-hmm. small, like, mini... There's a darker. Yeah. It was probably yeah, in a darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah, tiny, yeah. Little horns. Yeah, darker, yeah. darker. Yeah. yeah. So there was four. Of them. Yeah. The tiny. Yeah, so five, four of us yeah. went over. Tiny ten. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow! So who did who'd you go with to sell that? So who who was your African? Ah, uh, yeah. So with? some family, really close family friends who've been there before. Um, oh, I went okay. over with, and they've done a couple trips. And so they were just, like, ticking some stuff off on their bucket list. And, yeah, my grandfather was like, you should go. So I went, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a lot of fun, mm. and it's very similar to home. Like, um, African bush and Australian bush, I felt very, very Yeah, Tubbazimbi would be. Yeah, that, that, mm. that yeah, would be very, very similar. Yeah. yeah. And you said you want to go yeah. back? Is, is that you Yeah, so I definitely that? want to go back, obviously. Mm. Being a busted ass ring, I don't earn a lot of money. So um, maybe <laughs> when I do a career change and get some savings behind me, I definitely want to go back and get a few on my bucket list. I really um, would love to get a giraffe. And I think like a lot of people, I don't like saying it too much that I want to get a giraffe because a lot of people look at me like, why the hell would you want to shoot that? And I'm like, I don't know, it's, it's different. Mm. Like, you don't, you don't understand. It's very um, yeah. 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 I tried explaining this. Like, they're not exotic animals to... South African people, the African people, you know, and it's like, no, it's exotic to people everywhere. I know else, it's so there. frustrating, and I think it's just um, people with tunnel vision. And there's no point arguing with them; just let them go. No, that's it. Yeah, that's right. But I'd love to get a Gemsbach and a um, a giraffe, and uh, what else would I like to get? Oh, probably an Impala, just something a little bit different. Mm. Um, but yeah, so obviously, of course, depends on budget as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I went price. back. Yeah, I went back in 2018. It's the last time I went back before, just before COVID. I got a Gemsbuck yeah. in Eland yeah. on that trip. But yeah, I've shot Impala, Blessbuck. I've shot most of yeah. the species. So um, just not big five. That's kind of fought out. That's that's a long way <laughs> off. Um, but no, yeah, I, I hope you get back. <laughs> It's funny to talk about that because last week we had we were talking to Peter Ryan, who's a, a New Zealand-based author. He's probably one, probably one of the best authors getting around. And Af- hunting Africa is one of the, one of his major experiences. I think he's been there fourteen times or something like that. And he was saying, you know, the similarity between once you get to the countryside. He was talking about in the southern hemisphere how you know you can be in different countries, but there's a great deal of similarity between. Mm. When you when you're when you're away from the city and that stuff like that, and you're in those, that there is this kind of connectivity right across the southern hemisphere. He was talking in the fact, you know, he was in Argentina and things like that, and he still felt that language different, slightly different food, maybe different way of approaching it. But there is this really <coughs> interesting similarity across all those areas about how how people live and how they go about hunting and and you know what it means to yeah. them in terms of an activity. The wild south, as he called it. Yeah, the wild south. 
yeah. which is the name Lights of his, one of his books. So. Yeah. yeah, his first book is Lights yeah. Out. So other than Australia and no, South Korea, they're the only places around. I've hunted. Um, I found really cool over in um, Africa when we went to like the sow yards. Like it was like to them it was the African animals, and like to me a sow yards like you go and buy cattle from the sow yards, right? And you go to the sow yards, and they're yeah. like yeah. They're, like, under the ground and, like, really high fences and, like, all the different animals they've got, like, for sale. It's really, it was really mm-hmm. cool. I actually really enjoyed that, I think, the most. It was the sale. Yeah, so, yeah, the game, wow. the, game the game auctions are, yeah, you can go there and buy, you know, whatever species of game is on offer. And, for instance, I've got a, one of my best friends. He's got friends who are, um, that's what they do. That's They've, they've got rid of all their cattle on their farms yep. and they farm game. That's what they do. It's all half fenced and they breed and they'll buy in genetics. They'll buy in, you know, monster bucks and, and that sort of thing to breed. And then they'll sell them off and they make a fortune from it. They make a lot more from game than they yep. do from, from cattle. It's a, it's an industry over there. That's, I mean, obviously you still got the cattle industry. Yeah. But I think Australia huge. needs to get behind that because uh, croc hunting should be a thing in Australia. Um, people would pay huge money Agreed. to go and Absolutely. shoot Australian crocodile. Um, especially the Americans, mm-hmm. I think Australia should look at that more often. Um, and even if, like, you know, a certain amount of tags went out a year, you know, and it can make so much revenue from that. Absolutely. Well, we've had Nick Donato talking about that, and he's, he's very much behind that, so yeah, you should talk to him. <laughs> he's a member of parliament here in Queensland. Uh, he's uh, for CAP, and uh, he's, he's, he's very much a, a, a hunter and sports shooter, and he's... he's you know, he he thinks that the the tag system and you know some kind of yeah. regulated recreational hunting for crocodiles would be a, one in terms of control because he says you know they're starting more and more seeing we see them where he was given an example you know there there might be a kid when he was growing up that he was okay to play in that creek you know but now it's like mm, maybe you shouldn't play in that creek you know and so it's it's in, it's an interesting thing I mean I when I was up in the Gulf country, you realised, you know, during the day you would see crocs when you're out on the boat. We went up there, we had 11 days fishing in the Gulf and, you know, in the, in the daytime you'd be scooting along on the water and you might see a croc come up and go on, you know, or you might come go near a bank and you might see one on a bank and stuff like that. So you saw them but they were like, oh, yeah, okay, they're here. You came, come into that Karumba ramp at night and, you know, and someone's on the tiller and you're on the front the spotlight and you hit the water and there's just yeah, oh, no. eyes. <laughs> just the gates like little flies everywhere you just go oh yeah okay so you know just throttle up get it up on the ramp i'll jump out the, won't touch the water i'll skip across the water get up get the car right reverse back no one goes near the water you know it's just full of crock and but, that was back in two thousand and three. Yeah. Well, the fisherman got the fisherman got taken. Yeah. Right, well, I think they had, they've had four. This summer they've had four incidences, and it looks like this guy, you know, was actually killed by one. But they've had four, four near. Well, not but know, because of that incident, they they've they've killed two crocs. So. Yeah. You know how much oh. money could they have made from from yeah. selling a tag yeah. to crocs? Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. You know? Australia needs to wake up to themselves a little bit. Well, yeah. we, we argue about it. I mean, like they talk about, um, you know, the cost of deer. Victoria make two hundred. Yeah, it's incredible. Like thing. the amount of like hunting, like people hunting, put back into, you know, the the revenue yeah. of the yeah. states. Like 
you know, it's not just paying for, you know, your tags or whatever, but there's fuel, food, um, supplies, um, hunting supplies, mm-hmm. anything like that, you know, um, and even just like paying accommodation to stay somewhere or anything like that, you know, you're putting into those small businesses and small towns, but that just people don't realise. Mm. Well, I mean, that's how, like, you know, there's, there's you know, 1,500 blokes in, in, in Brisbane yeah. and know yeah. what Inglewood is. It's, it's, it's the reason why we can have a discussion with you about, oh, we think we know where your parents' property oh. is because we know Inglewood. So it's not because we go down there, you know, yeah. you know chasing bumblebees. It's that we drive through there so many times right. going hunting, you know, and, we, mm. and if right. we go through the day, we get a feed. Yep. Put fuel And if we go through the night, we're still driving through there. Yep. But, yeah, that's it. it that's, that's that yep. constant traffic. And, you know, Severn State Forest is booked out nearly constantly it's only a four to five person forest depending on what yeah. works going there at the time it's booked out constantly and you know in that particular forest 90 percent of the people who are booking that new south wales forest yeah you know, are queenslanders who are driving down from from you know and not just from brisbane there's guys who drive yeah. down from central queensland to hunt there um and all the way down they're spending money all the way down then they're spending money all the way back we're going to Nundal in uh, July because um, we go down every year. With I go down with my son and some friends to hunt during the winter down there in the state in the state forest in the pine forest. Got a mate who wants to come with us. He's not going to hunt. He just wants to come along. You know, he's he's going to stop at Hunting Haven, which is a, a really good store in Armadale, and and buy yeah. all the clip. You know. Buy all the, the the appropriate clothing from down there because it, one it makes sense into it's right there. So it's just a constant generation of of income. I remember we did a ten day road trip hunt back in two thousand and eighteen, and we pulled into Narrabri. And um, at the time, under the public land system in New South Wales, you had to have printed maps. You can use electronic now, but you had to have the printed paperwork. So what would happen was you, you could you could kind of as soon as you got signal on your computer you could book a new forest but you had to find somewhere to print it out. So we pulled in the Narrabri one morning and, and you know kind of Googled printers in Narrabri and we went to this printer but what we didn't realise it was the newspaper. You know they 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 had photocopy machines but we didn't know it was the newspaper. We just saw so we go in there and we say hey look we need to get this stuff printed out. We got on a memory card. And they go, you know, who are you guys? And go, well, we're down hunting. And the woman literally said, stay here. And she went up and got the editor. And he goes, come up here and tell me what you're doing. So we're in with the editor, you know, like Perry Mason or whatever, you know, <laughs> with all the pretend old typewriters, all over, what you might think of an old country newspaper editor. And he's talking to us and he goes, I need you to go down to the tourist bureau and do an interview for me. Yeah. Okay, so me and Tim lobbed down there. We've been sleeping out of the car for seven days and we're doing the tourist bureau. We do this interview about we're traveling around all these country towns spending money hunting. And he just, yeah, that's exactly what we need. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, well, Australia needs to look into that. And I think that um, hopefully one day it'll change. But right now, I think the more us hunters get behind it, the better. Yeah, definitely. Won't get a won't get won't get a peep out of us on that one. <laughs> well, there um, 
are there any guys offering sort of hunting opportunities out west where you are? are there people like outfitters and that sort of thing bringing hunters out, or is it all just? Uh, just I think some yourself? stations might have like I think you go online and then you can find like hunting stations like that allow hunting and you got to pay. Um, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what's that called? That Inland. Called? Yeah. So Inland. I think there's Inland. that. Um, but yeah, I don't need to do that because I've got my own country tied up and. I just run myself and my dogs, but um, there is definitely places where you can pay to go and hunt, yeah. Mm. Because I said, yeah, I think that's one of the challenges, or we we know it's a challenge here in in Queensland, that there isn't public land access. So for a lot of people, it's, 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 it's ultimately easier for them to travel to go find places where they can hunt. Mm. rather than, than not hunt. So it's a, it's a bit of a shame, but that's that's the system we currently got. Hey, I wanted to ask you, move a little bit away from hunting, because one of the other things I saw on your Facebook feed is, um, and I don't know exactly what you're doing. It's, it looks like rodeo. You've got the <laughs> yeah. body armor and the helmet on. <laughs> looks like a ski so what's, helmet. Well, it looks like a, a, a ice hockey helmet. <laughs> yeah. Like a lacrosse so is, helmet or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so what's I, that? in my spare time, whatever spare time I find, <laughs> which is not much, <laughs> um, I attempt, um, the word there is key, attempt, uh, to ride Bronx, which is bucking horses in a rodeo. Um, we okay. are a very small little association of girls that ride Bronx. Um, but we oh, okay. are ranch, ranch bronc riding. So it's American, <clears throat> um, and it's two-handed. Mm-hmm. So like with. Okay. So it's not, it's not Dude. one hand in the air, no. one hand on the rope. No. American, not that style, two, it's a different style. Two-handed and you're in an American roping saddle. So essentially the idea is that your horse is bucking out mustering and you're sticking, sticking to him. That's the idea oh. of it. Mm. Um, and us girls are trying okay. to ride rodeo or well, rough stock in Australia, but Australia won't let us ride rough stock because we're over the age of 16. Okay, so explain that to yep. me. A rough so stock's what's, what's like bucking bronx, bucking bulls or steer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. So they won't let you... Because you're over yeah. the age of... Because you're over 16. You'd think it would be yeah. under 16 should yeah. be allowed, but... So, well, they reckon if you make it past 16, you're probably going to stick around, so we should try and keep you around under 16. Well, if we lose you, no, oh, well, you know, it's away, guys. You know, yeah. that's a really weird, yeah. Approach. So, uh, we're having okay. big issues with they're saying it's a safety issue, which is absolutely friggin' bullshit. Um, well, I agree with them, but it's also a safety issue for Same blokes. I would, understand. I would assume that like, getting stomped by a bull. Yeah. I, I, I would assume, look, I don't know that much of it. I love radio. I love going to radio and I love watching radio. But I would assume that when the bull stomps you, it doesn't That's ask right. your gender well, before it okay. you know, So the thing is, stomping. they reckon that women can't handle it like men can, right? That's the issue. So, fuck. Saying like, need, need like a so I get on, on a bucking horse. <laughs> And I wear a helmet. Oops. Oh, no. I've lost yours. Frozen. 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 Hello. I'm back. Okay. 
So you get on a bucking yeah. horse. And okay, so I get on bucking horse. And us girls, That's we wear cool. helmets. We wear vests. We wear chaps. Like we are, like mm. we are wearing safety gear. So we don't have to wear a helmet, but we're trying to get it going in Australia. So we are wearing helmets, and we are talking to the stock contractors personally to make sure we're getting on the right practical safe horses for us. You know, we're not getting on a horse that's going to be rearing over in the chutes or, um, you know, going really hard at it. We're getting on softer horses until we get better because, obviously, we're trying to be as safe about it as possible. Okay. This is really interesting. So, basically, rodeo over the age of 16 is a Unless you're Unless you're a bow racer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 true. So those, those, um, yeah, those type of those um, technical events. But what you yep. think about radio? I said, yep. okay, I, I never realised that. Mm. So I've been to radios and I've seen it, but I never put. So the it's it's quite go. frustrating mm. because everyone's all about gender equality these days, um, <laughs> and. Like we know, we know we're getting on a bucking horse. We know that we we know, we're not getting on yes. something that's going to yeah. prance around the arena. We know exactly what we're getting ourselves into. So I don't see why we can't do it. Um, but slowly but surely, small events are letting us ride. And Augustella Easter Rodeo was an absolute huge success for us. We had four ladies ride. Um, myself and three other girls who are very talented, and we all rode time. We rode eight seconds, um, and us girls got first, second, third. And I had another girl that's never been on a bronc before, but I knew she could handle it, knew she can ride. Um, really good friends with her. And she got on and rode like seven seconds, like just didn't make it. Then the boys rode, and one bloke stayed on for eight seconds. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Augafella's the, That's the right. triangle, isn't it? With yep. Charleville. Yep. The Augafella Yeah, so yep. it was a massive, and the, the crowd just went wild for us girls getting rocks. The crowd loved it. Mm. They could, like, they mm. was like, crying out and, like, Oops. yeah, and it was really good hype. And so we had a very successful, so we're just trying to do, like, little radios at a time to, like, build it up and get there, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, well, look. Yeah. Uh, we sport your right to get yourself crushed <laughs> by a horse or bull or whatever, whatever okay. particular particular angry piece of livestock that you want to kind of try to hang on to. I yeah. Think, yeah, sure, why not? Go for it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I did. I did. I didn't I realize that. That's right. This has been quite an eye opener for me. I didn't realize that it was such a um, such a you know a human rights <laughs> issue happening in the radio. Yeah. Field. There we go. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so are you wanting to move to rough stock, or do you want to just keep promoting this American style one? What, what, what what's your, what's your plans here with your, your, your small, all female radio? Yeah. So, um, the main goal is actually the states have a huge world champion ladies ranch bronc finale, like champion. They have a championship. So teams from Germany are going this year. Teams from France are just starting out. Teams from Canada and the States and Australia, right? So they're trying to do like a worldwide thing. So girls all over the world can go to Cheyenne over in the States and go and compete in the the World Championship. 
So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get our skills to be able to ride good so we can go to the States and ride their horses and compete and compete for Australia, like an Australian team. Is there, a, is there a way that yeah. you have to qualify so for that? Or you have to just... um, be a um, Women's Ranch Bronx Championship member. You have to pay a membership fee, which is pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And then um, you also have to have scores on the uh, on the board. Scores. Um, and you've got to be, you know, you've got, them horses over there are way tougher than ours. So, yeah. Okay. So that what they they're actually kind of breeding them for the event over there type thing, okay. Whereas you are just trying to find an appropriate horse to use, okay. That's really really interesting. There we go. I did not know that existed. And I didn't. Some know of those girls can radio. bloody ride. They outride the men. Um, there's mm-hmm. some really really ranked cowgirls over in the states that I follow and. Oh, they just get on the bronc and they're going to town and they just holding on and their hats flying off and I thought, gee, girl, like you are tough, like they're tough over there, that's for sure. That's right, because you, I see you've got the the the, the, the yeah. chest plate and the, and the helmet, yeah. I so I didn't, I I suppose again when I think about it now that since the last time I went, you you're right, you don't see a lot of, but you do see some people wearing helmets, but I. Uh, you, it's a cowboy hat. Everyone wears a cowboy hat, but we're just trying yeah. to promote it and, and let them know that we can do it safely, and that's why we are wearing helmets. Um, like, plus, I've had accidents where I've been flown off into the railings, and if I wasn't wearing a helmet, I'm pretty sure I would have my head my head caved in. So yeah. I opt out for a helmet for safety yeah. for myself, regardless. Um, and I think it's it's very. Um, traditional ranch bronx very traditional it's very old school and it was the first ever bronx actually before actual bronx riding um and they're very traditional yep. over there in the states and they like to wear hats to make to keep tradition going but just to get it going in australia and show you know the australian population that want to watch the rodeo that we can be safe and we are doing it right yeah. and you'll get more more, That's right. more girls joining yeah. that way as well as you can prove that it's safe. Mm. Yeah. So when's your next event? Well, um, I'm on Tambo Rodeo Committee, so we're going to have a Ranch Bronc ride there um, later on this year, but hopefully we can just still just make it to more events. Um, it's all just making sure that the, the committee's okay with it and, and the stock contract is okay for us as well. Um, but, yeah, it's actually getting into camp draft season, so I'll be doing a bit more camp drafting than Bronc riding, I think, at the moment. Okay, so uh, I mean, that's certainly when I think about camp drafting and what you're talking about, that they are that's two really different wheels that you're approaching there. So you know, that's a there's not much crossover there. Oh, oh there is a little bit of crossover it involves horses, but that's about it. You know, so so there must be. Is it a very different crowd? What you're doing, or do do is there a lot of natural crossover? Some people, um, you know, yeah. are, are in both areas or. Is it? Do you tend to? Kind yeah, of no. I think as a general horse rider, you do as many events as you do. Have, like fill your yeah. weekends up, have fun. Yeah. But camp drafting, essentially, for people that don't know, you have a um, a mob of cattle in a smaller yard. You pick one beast out. You go outside into a big arena, and then you literally chase it around three three cones and through a gate. Um, and it you you uh, you 
scored on your horsemanship and your um, stockmanship and then you get scored and then you win money and stuff. So it's just how well you handle your horse and how yeah. well you know your cattle and how to handle cattle. So it's quite a challenge in itself. Yeah, uh, a good friend of ours, Paul Swan, he, um, he does it a little bit. He actually, there's, there's one still in the up in the Brisbane Valley that he, he, he just actually was attending not so long ago, just posting about it, so yeah. And yeah, there's a couple of other people on there who who, who were camp drafters. They, they've got out of it now. They with age, but yeah. So I got I had we yeah. did get a couple of their events as well. So it's kind of different. But I always I always I do enjoy rodeo. I must admit, I do. I, I, I do. Lo- I enjoy looking at it. I enjoy being part of it. Yeah, you won't catch me on one of them. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I love it. You go on the show, small boys are looking at you all funny, and you roll up there for your gear, and then they help you get on, and you get on and ride. Then you go up to the bar because you ride eight seconds, you get free drinks. It's great. <laughs> oh, you're the shiller that got on that rock. Like, yeah, nice. you're like, oh, have a drink. Great. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> So what's next mm. uh, in in, in, in the thirty five seconds you got of your life oh. that's not filled with something or other? What's the next thing for you? Is, there, is anything anything big that you can My share? My bed's looking pretty good. Um... <laughs> well, um, I doubt if you're particularly too friend too, no. too friendly with it by the sounds of it. No, um, <laughs> you're hardly there. Yeah, I'm keen to get into a bit more hunting. Um, really excited. Uh, lift and lock sent me out a lift and lock the other day. I got in the mail yesterday, and I was so excited. Yeah. I've been waiting yeah. for it. I've been waiting like to share with everyone about my lift and lock, and um, really excited. So I want to get in and use that and do a few um, reels and promote them a little bit because it is such a little small business and such a great invention. I think we need to get it out there more for those guys. So I'll probably be doing a little bit of that. I've got a camp draft coming up in two weeks um, and I've got races coming up. So I try and volunteer as much as I can and I do like I work the bar or I clean up the next morning for around the bar or um, if they need timekeepers, I think last weekend I worked the bar at the Tambo Stock Show, and then I spent the whole day announcing the Super Horse Show and the um, and the Jackpot Camp Draft, um, which was an accident. Um, they just needed a hand, so I just started announcing. And um, so I like to get in in the community as much as I can, and and yeah, help out. Um, I love Tambo; it's such a good little town. And I'm starting to get to know Springshaw a little bit more because I'm kind of like in the middle. Yeah, so I yep. try and bounce between the two. So the next couple of weeks I've got, you know, the races. I've got a camp draft I'm very excited for. Um, and then hopefully can fit in a few rodeos and hunting in between that and work. <laughs> Man, it's sad. So, right, it's uh, there isn't much sleep time in there unless, you, unless you've got a well-trained <laughs> horse you can sleep in saddle. I do um, not. And, or, or just, or just write, or just write the oh wheel of that grader. Oh, <laughs> just let it go for yeah, now. This week's been really tiring. Um, big weekend, like obviously three day weekend. So I spent um, three days off, which was good. But like I was partying and you know um, doing the bar and announcing, and then going seeing mates I haven't seen for a little while, catching up with them, and um, doing a games night, and then come home and work all week, and then we're working this weekend and. Um, and yeah, it's it's a bit rough, but I think keeping yourself busy is pretty important as well. Um, but sometimes I do like to sit at home and 
have a, a relaxed afternoon. <laughs> okay. So what's your, what's, what's your, your dog's name? Uh, so names. I have Princess, which is quite a good name for a pig dog. <laughs> so I'm... Be funny. That's a fun... That'd be funny. I always, Princess. someone said to me about dog's name, he said, he said, uh, his advice about dog's name is, it has to be something you won't be embarrassed screaming at the top of your lungs when the dog won't come back. Oh. <laughs> Princess. Well, princess. Princess. So um, I got her when she was two. Um, yeah, and she's now seven. So oh, okay. the people who had it for me obviously named the kids named her Princess. Um, terrible dog name, yeah, but yeah. anyway, for especially for a pig dog, she's a Ridgeback cross, Arab mastiff, bit of a bitsa red dog. Um, she is a cool dog. She's got no teeth left in her head, but. She still comes every oh. single trip because um, I can't leave her behind. There's just something in me that just can't do that to her. Um, it's, she's soon to be retired. I just can't do it yet. Um, mm. So she's a, a ultimate nose dog. She's a great finder, um, finds pigs for like up to 2K. So, you know, it's a long way and she's very handy and she's very dear to me. Um She's full of scars and battle scars and and but just loves it. She she'd be she'd be so upset if I went without her. Um, so she comes along every trip mm. and then I have young Penny who's nearly two and she's a bull Arab. She's a lovely bitch. Um very sweet natured dog, loves to be in my face twenty four seven. Um, is attached to the hip to me, <laughs> uh, which is good. Uh, she's also a very handy dog, um, smelling off the back, finding pigs. Uh, one outs anything of any size. Um, she is a rough and tough little dog, and she's only about 32 kilos um, or anywhere from 30 to 32 kilos. Um, so she's not a very big dog. Um, but unfortunately, I mm -hmm. cooked her at New Year's. Um, it was a very hot day, and we did a fair bit of walking in some swampy country and cooked her. Um, so... Unfortunately, she gets knocked up very, very quickly. And yeah, so it does happen mm -hmm. out in the hunting world. And it's good to talk about these things to like, so mm. yeah, other people know. And now I know what not to do in the future with dogs. It's all a huge learning curve. So what she could be now, she could be ten, like 10 times better. But because she gets knocked up very quickly, um, it's a bit hard on her. Because once you cook a dog, that's kind of it, like... They're kind of buggered then for like a very long, long time, mm. and um, she she comes and she I just you know make sure I'm there as quick as possible to get the job done. That so she's okay and she's safe, um, and she still does everything fine. Just gets knocked up very quickly, so I make sure um, you know they've got water access all the time. I have multiple water bottles and dog bowls in my car ready to. Yeah, and then I have yep. another bitch. Mm. I only run bitches. I don't run male dogs. Um, I have a bull Arab, which is Penny's half-sister, so same um, mother, different father. And she's only oh, seven months, six, seven months old, so she's only just starting out. Um, and she's a cool little pup. And then I do have Bella, but Bella I am rehoming to uh, a lovely fella up in Queensland because... Bella is not made for the hunting world. She's not interested in pigging and not interested. Yeah. 
So, um, oh, okay. Chess mm. is too nice of a dog just to um, dispose of, as you could say. Um, so I'd rather her to see that she went to a really good home and a non-hunting home because I've tried everything mm. to get her hunting. Um, not yeah, in, and some dogs aren't into that, and that's mm. fine. And so I've picked a really nice home for her, and now I'm actually looking for a dog to replace Bella that's actually going and, and into pigging. So I'm on the hunt for another bitch, and I'm very picky on what breeds I have, and finding it difficult, actually. Mm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm. I, I, I was, years ago I was in... Um, Actually, it was well, as it were fishing in the Gulf Country, and we're at um, Purple Puget, a Purple yep. Puget, um, Normanton. And it was uh, we drove from uh, Carumba up to Normanton and watched the um, grand final, the league grand final. And we sit in the the corner bar there, and it, it was a, one of those really kooky afternoons with lots of line and carrying on and stuff like that. Um, this tour bus turned up and. Um, it left and, uh, you know, they dropped him and they left. And, and one of the guys at the bar thought I was the driver. I, he said, your bus is going. And I said, yeah, I told him to take the keys. I'm sick of listening to him. And, and he's going, what? I said, yeah, I, just, I can't deal with them anymore. I told him to take the keys and go. And he, and he was like, what, what? And we, we had, I said, mate, I'm just having Lindy. And we got talking and then I realised there was photos oh, yeah. of him on the wall with the pigs. I said, and, you know, and he's, he's doing, you know, the typical yeah. wheelbarrow thing, you know, got the mm -hmm. pigs up by the I don't know why and, you know, people the flip their pigs, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. got a wheelbarrow and I'm like, you know, so, and, and the dogs are, and stuff like that. And I said that, you know, I was, I was talking to him, I said, man, there's some big pigs there, and, I went, and, I, and there was one particular dog, and I said, that's a fine-looking dog, that one. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. he goes, yeah, and, and he he, he left and I didn't realise he left straight away he just left and I went oh, okay and he came back and he came back with a pup and said hey well here you go and I went shit mate I gotta get the back to Brisbane I said mate I was admiring your dog I appreciate the offer but I don't want to take one home and he gave me one of his he was, and they were beautiful you know a bull Arab cross the, with the one patch eye and all that kind of thing they were a fantastic dog it looked like it was going to be as big as a horse when it grew up. So I had to, I had to say, mate, sorry, thanks, but no thanks. I can't take it with me. Got nowhere to put it. But yeah, it, it was it was a really nice afternoon, and you know these guys are they were they lived to hunt yeah. pigs up there. You know that's what they did. You know they, they they worked, and as soon as the work was over, they you know they literally go home, pick up the dogs, and go for a drive in the afternoon light to see if they could find anything. Come home, eat. They might go out again. You know, That's so they me. were just constantly either on the wheel. Yeah, that was or on me last chasing. year. Um, before Survivor, I was at least twice a week during the week after work. Um, yeah. It was nothing for me to drive like 2K yeah. up the road, catch an 80 kilo ball, and I'm like, righto, that's good enough. I'm going to bed. Um, so I'd do that. And then, I'd, like, yeah. Friday night, would come around and be hunting all night, Friday night, all Saturday, like, throughout the whole entire night, all Saturday morning, halfway through Saturday. Have like a lunchtime nap, get up, do an afternoon run, hunt all night Saturday night, and then come home for half a night, and then get up at like two, three o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, and go again. And that's when I've been catching them real big fellas, like two, three in the morning, very, very early mornings. And um, then yeah. Sunday yeah. afternoon, it'd just be like yeah. Friday, settle down, get ready for work. But when I'm full on peak chasing, like that's what I do. I just 
I'm like full on hardcore all day, all night. Um, you know, pull up for a little nap if I need to. Red Bull gets me through. <laughs> <laughs> hardcore. That's it. Look, it's been great. As, uh, uh, as I said, I really appreciate you, you coming on when we first spoke and I was, I was keen to, to have a chat and we were waiting for the, you know, the whatever, the, the fallout from Survivor to be over before we get you on. So I'm really glad we got you there. And, you you know, as, as I was, as we were talking at the beginning, I thought you're far more interesting than that silly five minutes of TV and it's it's some fantastic stories there. Yeah. Paige, we really appreciate your time. And, no worries. Thanks for so much having me on. I appreciate that. It's great. I, um, anytime, I'll, I'll come back. Oh yes, yeah, so, well, yep. we're, we're, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some important stuff later on, but <laughs> deal with chasing pigs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so well, we, we really I, yeah, look forward to having you back again, and I and all the best with um, you know, you you're fighting a good fight for you. You have the right to get smashed by a bull. I think that's you know that's that's there's that that that's equality in action. If you want to get stopped by one of them things, well. <laughs> All power to you, lady. Fight the power. Make them, make them change <laughs> their mind. Okay. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you very much, Paige. Bye.